Yo, this is Cash from Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I've gotten a lot of people asking questions about starting a podcast. Well, look no further. Download the Anchor app. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that help you edit the podcast right within the app or on the computer. Anchor distributes your podcast to several different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Now to the money. You guys like money, right? Well, Anchor can make you money from your podcast with minimum listenership. I said enough. Go download the app. It's free. Anchor app. Or go to www.anchor.fm to get started. Fascinated with a fortune and it came true. I may pass you in a Porsche with the brains blue. Got your bitch so wet, I'm stepping out in rain boots. Thought it was Obama way I came through. I'm talking different commas from them lame dudes. I'm printing paper, boy, I even wrote a book. I got 10 million cash, what you want to look? I got to have a kilo in my money collar. And if I pull that needle, boy, you got a problem. Richest nigga down in Florida like I hit the lotto. It's amazing what can happen with a couple dollars. Hey, yeah, we ready, we ride, and we lit. Ready to act a fool. It's another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the one, the only, Hadrico, and I'm rolling with my man, 50 Grand. Cash, baby. What's going on, honey man? Episode hey. 10, baby. Double digits? It, it, it sounds like we have a consistent flow here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are official. We have hit double digits. Yeah, man. That's a good thing, man. That's, that's showing consistency. So, you know, congratulations. Clap for us. Clap for us. Yeah, yeah. For everybody who's been down since episode one, man, we appreciate y'all. No doubt. But don't feel bad if you missed this couple episodes. You can still go back and re-listen. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like all that good stuff. Rate five stars. Anything less than five is uncivilized. You know, I think each week, you know, you come up with a clever title for the, for the, the description I think this week's title should be Hot Box, because um, that's what we're doing this in, a hot box. Yeah, again, man, uh, this weather in Germany is, uh, you know, summertime is real. It's 90 degrees, 90, well, shit, damn near 100 summer, in here. Summer, summer, summertime. You know, got the kids downstairs, can't compromise, the, you know, the living room and stuff like that. So, we're here. It is what it is, man. Anything to get the pod done. And listen, he does mean anything, because I'm going to tell y'all something. Listen, all of our faithful listeners, boy, Rodrigo didn't want to do it today. No, he tried to call out. I sick. tried to call in, and he was like, we have a schedule. We must record Tuesday to release Wednesday. And I said, let me dig deep for all the couchers. Hey, man, it's consistency, man. Everybody got to know you drop every Wednesday. Maybe those 10 to 15 to 55 or whatever, you know. I'm, or I 100 stopped, million. Whatever. I stopped looking at the stats. I stopped caring because I, I think we got a consistent following no matter if it's 250, 100, 100 million. We got to drop consistently, man. We got to show them that we serious about it. So. Thank you for tuning in to Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. A show that's real, raw, and growing. Life, sports, kids, money, relationships, you name it, we got it. So come on in, grab a seat on the couch, and let's get this show started. Well, look, look, man, thank y'all for tuning in, but we ain't gonna kill you. We ain't gonna kill too much of y'all time just talking and rattling. Let's get down to it, man. Let's dive right in, right off the gate. And news, LeVar Ball has been banned from ESPN because of a comment he made to Molly Quirrell. Yeah, I got I got some uh I got the audio, man. Hold on. Can you please explain to me what the biggest What's the big deal? Ladies and gentlemen, society has got too soft. I mean, she made, I don't know, I wish we could show y'all the video clip, but if you haven't seen it, just Google it, YouTube it, uh, Facebook it, it's everywhere. That was a situation that was made worse by our inappropriate reaction, especially when they have footage of him saying the same comment to her years prior, and it was no issue, but now it's a problem. Yeah, I don't know if it's personal to where she just don't feel when he's on the show and uh, we got this dude here again. I think he's a clown, which a lot of people think. And that's cool. But, you know, LeVar drives ratings. So 
I don't know if that reaction was warranted. I don't think that dude being a married man, like, you know, everybody jumped on his, you know, on, you know, in defense of Molly. But I think we in such a sensitive era that you can't even say what you mean and mean what you say. And people still going to take it however they want to take it. You know, and you made a good point. You know, we, we talked about how Molly felt and Molly. But this man got a whole wife, bro. A whole wife that he has never not one time tried to stray away from, not claim no nothing. So you think he just finna go like while you may think LeVar Ball is a fool, the man got good sense. And to go on national TV and, and flirt and with flirt? a married woman and, and her husband is probably somewhere in the vicinity as far as on ESPN campus. So come on. It doesn't man. make sense. I, I feel like that right there is just showing how sensitive we became as a society. And some people going to say, well, he meant it that way. You know what? <laughs> Stop. It, you, it's getting to a point where you can't say nothing to nobody no more. No, man. And, and that's crazy to me because, like I said, man, when I saw another interview, they were interviewing uh, LeVar at his son's uh, game over in, what's the uh, the joint that uh, he has, LaMelo playing? Not LaMelo. Uh, El Chino Hills or something like that? Not Rancho Cuco Camano? Not Chino Hills. They're in the, um, the summertime tournament. Oh, the summertime? Drew League. Drew the League. Drew League, yeah. Drew League. Yeah. So they interviewed him at the Drew League, and then he was like, ban me from where? I got my own TV show. Like, LeVar literally can give two Fs about it. Well, here's the thing. So I may be going into a rabbit hole here, but, you know, a lot of times they make they make very big notice, Cash, of the absent black fathers. Now you got a father who, you know, some would say he's actually too involved. Technically, the man is actually a genius. He just has probably single-handedly the worst presentation and output I've ever seen. But really what he's done from creating a brand, from starting a basketball league, from some of the stuff, the publicity he's got to his son, he is a too-involved father to some extent. But then now you take this, and this is the incident that it takes to put a nail in a coffin in him. This is the incident that they try to use this one situation to basically wipe him away. And it just goes to show you, one old shit will wipe out a whole bunch of attaboys. Yeah, man. And do you think, do you subscribe to, you know, what people have been saying as far as, you know, now that his son got traded to New Orleans and pretty much Zion's there and, and he's probably not even the first, second or third person you're thinking about when you're talking about the Pelicans. Do you think that uh, that's why they're trying to get him out of there? You know, actually, I'm going to be honest with you. His son getting traded to the New Orleans Pelicans was literally a gift from the Lord because now he gets to go to new Orleans. He doesn't have to carry the spotlight because the spotlight's on Zion. And even when Zion is Zion and he's a rookie, the spotlight then goes to Jeru holiday. Then actually after that, before it goes to him, I would say it goes to Brandon Ingram. Lonzo ball is actually in a situation where he gets to do something. He has not been able to do in a long time. You know what that is? Develop and just play basketball. That's it. And so all he's going to do is slowly progress. So that nine points and, Seven assists—that's gonna slowly grow. I mean, go up, and then definitely learning from Drew Holiday and how, I'm telling to, and you how right to be now. a point guard. I'm telling you right now, Cash. End of the season, if he stays healthy, Lonzo Ball stat line—he will average sixteen, eight, and one point something steals per game. That's gonna be his line. That's gonna be his line next year. Yeah, he got all the potential in the world. I have no issues whatsoever with what he can do the only issue i have is just well it's not really an issue it's just his health his health has failed him and he and he can't stay healthy but i think if he can put it together and work on his free throws and of course uh his shooting then you know he can be rather productive for those guys and that's the damn good defensive backcourt if you ask me oh it's probably gonna be one of the best in the league now another thing that you got to realize when we talk about lavar as before we kind of get off track this does not hurt LeVar because now, if you've noticed, LeVar has just changed his gears to now getting LiAngelo or LaMelo. I don't you know. They got these names. That is LiAngelo, LaMelo, LaCarmo, LaDarmo. Yeah, they confused the hell Yeah, I don't me. know. The little funny looking one. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. But now they're about. saying he's trying to get him in the pub and say he's going to be the number one draft pick. And you know what? I think he may not be the number one draft pick because I think people may say, well, wait a minute. You talked so much about your last son and look how that panned out. So what's going to change here? But we'll see. I do think it's going to be interesting. I do think LeVar got a raw deal from ESPN. I do feel like Molly Karam. I believe she honestly owes him an apology. 
I agree, man, because things like that could be talked about offline, off camera, and he can clearly say, yo, that's not what I meant by it. But I think with them going forward with the band without, and I can't, I mean, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but I honestly think they they didn't have a conversation with LeVar about what he meant and got them to both to discuss it as adults and for him to be sincere and saying, hey, that's not what I meant at all. I was just exactly. I was just saying exactly what you said back and just being me, but it wasn't sexual in nature. I, and I think that's definitely didn't happen. And that's why, you know, for Molly Karam, this is really her 15 minutes of frame because fame, because she's known, but you just known for moving topics to me. First take the worst thing that ever happened to that show. First take was undisputed. I believe Skip and Shannon do a much better job. Stephen A. Smith, while I want to support my fellow brother, as the more and more I watch him, he actually gets on my damn nerves. All he does is yell at people. And it seemed like he he falling off from knowing his shit. He just yells like, yeah. what do you mean? It's just dumb. I, I just don't like it. But yeah. you know what? It is what it is. Now, another big topic. Yeah, man. I You know, I found it. I was scrolling Instagram the other day, man. And I thought it was something dope. I mean, he's a, you know... Um, Hall of Famer, all-time great. Top three, um, shooting garden ever. I'll agree with you with that. And also, um, he's one of my favorite guys that I've watched coming up, Dwayne Wade. You can't say his name like that. You got to say his name like we said in Miami. Dwayne Wade! <laughs> you can give him all the great introductions you want, man. But I think what's even doper is, uh, you know, you know, speaking of fathers that are involved, is exactly what he's doing, you know? So as I was scrolling through, man, so if y'all don't know, uh, Dwayne Wade's 11-year-old son uh, came out publicly with being gay not too long ago. And, you know, people had their feelings on, hey, how can an 11-year-old know he's gay? And all, you know, all of those different things that people typically come with when things like that go public. Uh, So... It hasn't gotten much traction or anything like that, but I thought it was, you know, interesting as a father and, you know, thinking about how I would handle it. And then definitely with that being your guy, you know, just, you know, what are your thoughts, man, on him actually supporting his son going to Miami Pride? So, okay, first off, um, one thing that we pride this show on is us being upfront, being real and being down, just basically speaking our truths. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to speak my truth as as truthful as I can, but at the same time, I with respect for other people. Absolutely. So We live in a world where everybody gets this wonderful thing called a choice. You can choose whether you like ice cream, whether you don't. You can choose whether you want to go to work or you don't. You can choose a lot of different things. You can choose if you like boys. You get to choose if you like girls. Now, my personal religious belief, I don't necessarily understand it. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just not my necessary thing. But as a father, you want to support your child. You want to support your child in anything that he or she does or does not want to do. If my son told me, Dad, I want to play the violin, I know nothing about the violin. But damn it, I'm going to get you the best damn violin coach I could possibly get you to make sure that you're taken care of. His son coming out on 11, to me, I have a couple things that that I, I commend and salute him for supporting his son. Because as a father... As a father coming from a heterosexual um, relationship, and that's where you've been, that can be something that can throw you for a loop. He's taking it in stride, keeping it going. Not taking it in stride as if it's a problem, but just he hasn't missed a beat as a father. Yeah, I mean, now, and you don't know what happened behind closed doors or nothing like that. Exactly, but what, what is portrayed to the public is, this is my son, Full I'm going to support him. Now, here is where you can get in a real rabbit hole. The young man is 11 years old. Now, I personally, I'm not, I'm not gay. I don't have nothing against nobody who's gay. You do what you do. At 11 years old, do you know you're gay? I have no idea. I, I have no idea. I, I knew a lot at 11 years old. I, I will say that. I experienced a lot of things growing up in the city, um, you know, in New York City. And, you know, you had to grow up a, a lot sooner than necessary with things going on in your environment. So to say I knew my sexuality at 11, probably not, but I knew that I liked girls at 11. So if that's so widely accepted that I knew that I like girls, why wouldn't it, you know, 
some people just can't understand why you know how a kid would know that he likes the same sex, whether that be a woman or male. Like, but you are so for certain when that child likes the opposite sex, like because that's just the natural thing. That's the natural. That's the norm. That's what's considered the 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 way the way of life. So for this young man, look, whatever you choose to do, however you choose it, commend him and Gabrielle for sticking behind his son and supporting his son. I know a lot of fathers who would have an extremely difficult time dealing with this. So, so that's my next question for you. Put yourself mm-hmm. in D-Wade's shoes. You have three sons, one of which comes to you and your wife, and he tells you that, Dad, I'm gay. No, I'm lost, How would How would you carry that? Like, what would, Listen, what would be your so, behind-the-scenes... Because I know you would support your child, like you said earlier. But what's your initial? I mean, just looking at your face right now, what is your initial? You're just gonna put all reaction? that out there, huh? You're gonna talk about my face and everything. Huh? You're gonna, I, yo, you're gonna, you you're gonna give the sneak peeks and everything. Yeah, huh? I need I need the raw. What is, and what is this? What is this on the couch? Uncensored. <laughs> this is your raw and uncut. You know, feeling like even. I mean, I know you're not. Ca- gonna listen, be cash, disrespectful. cash has been. Trying his very best to give me something that I wasn't expecting to try to see if what what my response would be. So in this situation, and this is something that you know, I know my wife's like, "Oh Lord, Trevor, what are you gonna say?" Because she knows how how I am and how I feel. Um, if my son were to come to me, it would take me back. I would I would I would be taken back a little bit. I wouldn't sit here and say the second he told me, be like, "All right, son, all right, let's lo- let's load up and let's let's roll with it." It would take some time for me to wrap my head around it, wrap my mind around it. And get an understanding of it. Not because I'm being homophobic. Not because, oh, I can't stand gay people. Because I don't understand that mindset. Because while I don't practice it or disagree with it, I don't agree with it at the same time. I don't have a dog in that fight. So therefore, I can't tell you, oh, it's okay to do that. But just like I can't tell you, hey, it's not okay to do that. So therefore, I'm neutral in the status of not having that standpoint. So if my son came to me and said, hey, dad, I'm gay. I'm going to say, okay, son, well, give me some, give me some time to process and let, let's sit down and let's talk about this and get an understanding. You know, I'm not going to try to pray the gay away. I'm not going to try to beat the gay out. That doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Will I be upset? I'm going to be honest with you. I would because that's my normal. That doesn't make me a bad person. That makes that my normal. Would I eventually support my son? Of course, because at the end of the day, whether you fat, black, white, tall, skinny, well, probably not white because then you probably wouldn't be my son. But no matter what your statistics are, you are my son. And it is my job to support you as your as your father. Yeah. Nah. But what about you? So with me, man, like you said, and, and I'm not saying anything about your faith or anything like that. Uh, we're both Christians. Uh, but for me, I don't immediately go to my faith with that at all. Like I just go with being a decent and good human being. So my initial thoughts would be just like yours. Like, yeah, I don't understand this. Where is it coming from? Why? Why do you feel this way? I would ask a whole lot of questions, not a whole lot of questions in for my child to clam up, but to understand why. And then number two, this, this thing isn't a secret. This isn't like you... You know, I know people with uh, children who are gay. They've known they were gay. It's not a surprise to them for the most part. You know, it it's it's not very well hidden. You know what I mean? So for me, all in all, I would ask the questions that I need to ask. I would need to have a minute to process it because, you know, I'm not I'm not gay, and I, I you know, and I don't understand how he, one of my sons. Well, like another man, I wouldn't understand that. But however, at the end of the day, I they have my full support, just like you know, just like how D Wade is doing it and poking his chest out to really support his son. That's exactly what I would do. No, no different because I value that relationship more than my my kid's sexual orientation, man. I value the relationship. Um, I don't know if I would be ready to rock with him at the pride fest just yet. Um, and that's just being blatantly honest. Yeah, that's, real. Um, that's I, real. That's being blatantly honest. But now, I'll tell you this, and I thought about this as you were talking. As my son, I'm going to always support you. You're my son. The person that I would have a hard time 
getting along with or grasping is the person that you're with. Because me personally, this is, and listen, this could probably be wrong. Me personally is like, I'm always going to wonder because that I've known you've always been straight, a, a straight heterosexual male. And now that you're hanging out with Keith, I'm just using a random name. It's all right. Now, now you've changed. Now, did I not notice the change? Now that you see some people, you've seen little boys who are extremely fem- feminine at a young age. Does that mean they're gay? No. No. But see, this is where it gets very interesting and where you really get in the weeds. Um, I'm a firm believer in the Bible. The Bible, basically instruction before leaving earth. I'm a firm believer in, in religion, which is, you know, it's a fine line when you start talking in this subject. If we are all born in the likeness of God, then how do you say I was born gay? Once again, I'm not saying that as a ca- as casting down on that individual. I'm just saying from my point of understanding, that's that's the way I see it. Could be wrong, but that's just me. So, I mean, you know, if you go to the good book, you know, it says train up a child in the way he should go. And, you know, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm. So I feel the same exact way that if I raise my child in a heterosexual relationship, my wife, and, and they see that day to day, it would take me a while to process. But at the same time, man. Again, what D-Wade is doing is commendable because jumping out, going to the Pride Parade, I I don't know if I'd still be wrapping my head around it at this point or would be able to jump right in. And, and that's what I was saying. With that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's no, what I'm saying with That's what make it be difficult is just jumping out right to that parade. Now, eventually, like you said, as you process, and that's just like anything else. People are like, oh my gosh, what do you mean you have to process? You have to process as a parent. If you haven't been a parent Processing is a part of the job because your child could also come home and tell you, hey, um, I got my ears pierced without your permission. I got to process that. My child can come home and say, hey, I got an F on this test. I got to process this. Things that you have to take time because if you just react immediately on the first thing, nine times out of ten, you may react wrong. You may react too harshly and you may damage that relationship. You may push them away further away. And you never want to lose your child feeling that comfortable to come tell you something like that because that's how long one. did it take them to get there? You that's, know what I mean? That's a very good point, Cash. So you don't you don't ever want to lose that, and I don't I don't care. I, you know I asked this question to a few people just to, to fill them out or whatever, and they gave their raw and unfiltered thoughts offline. But I'm pretty sure they would kind of come along this line here because all these dudes I talk to are good brothers, are good fathers. And ultimately, you got to do what you got to do. And but back to the whole the religious aspect of it, you know, I feel like not you, but I feel like a lot of people talk a good game until situations like this are at their doorstep and you have to answer that bell. You're correct. So you can rely on your faith and all this stuff all you want to. But I, you know, I could think the most religious person, the most religious father is not going to turn that child away. No matter what, if they if they truly love their child, they're going to try to understand it. It may take a while. You know, unfortunately, there are some people who do try to turn their absolutely, child away. Absolutely. You know, there's some absolutely. people who they just won't stand for it. And those, but you know what? At the end of the day, this is your child. Um, this is your seed. And you have to find a way to see past whatever things that may disappoint you or may not be in acceptance with what you want. And realize that you are not accepting what you want. You're accepting the child. I read something on Instagram. You know, every once in a while, Instagram will give you something. Some little powerful. nuggets. Some little nuggets or and, something. Yeah. And something that is said. that, And, and I actually um, sent this to, to my wife because I thought it was very good. And it said, you have to. Let me pull it up right here. Give me one second. You good, man. Um, we got to be gramming. Who, me? No. She always finds like the craziest things. She'll send it to me and then I'll send stuff to her. So we try, we try to keep it, you know, interesting. Basically, it said, stop looking at everybody else and expecting you. Sh- so simple, short, simple, simple, but, but powerful. Why did this person do that? I wouldn't do that. Well, he or she is not you. Hell yeah, man. And you know, man, like I'm sure you've been in some situations in life to where maybe you've told people that you cool with. Maybe they're embarrassing initially and you just 
figure it out, you get through it. You don't ever want to be in a situation. I can I can tell you about plenty of life situations to where I'm like, oh, you know, you immediately think, what would people think? Because as a human, I, I think you worry about what other people feel, and you know, initially, and then you go on and go on about your business. So I think you know, this is one of those instances to where you're. Th- People who can't handle this type of information from their child is thinking people who can't handle this from their, uh, you know, from their children is immediately. uh, They don't know which way to go, man. They don't know which way to go. It's that confusion. man. it's that that shock. And then that's how they get to pushing people away, man. So but speaking of pushing away, let's push away from this topic. Absolutely, man. So, you know, we I mean, while we on. you know this topic, man. We can just kind of slide into to what's happening with the NBA awards, man. Last night, let's give a round of applause for Giannis. Giannis, round of applause. Giannis, for you, it shouldn't have been Giannis, man. Man, give that man a round of applause. Man. Round of applause for Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was your 2019 NBA Most Valuable Player, and he cried the whole speech. The whole speech. I mean. That man, you can tell he felt it. He enjoyed it. Imagine if he ever get a championship. He may not even leave the court. Hey, man. So, I, I ain't going to lie, man. I, I can't compare my life to an NBA player and winning an MVP. But you're about to do it. No. I'm about to ask you a question. Okay. When your ass made rank. When we finally made that rank we Ooh. couldn't make. Did you, did you, did you hit a Giannis? Oh, oh no! Listen, I was listen. Okay, so let me go back a little bit, right? So yo, let me go back just a little bit. It's crazy, we were calling each other every year. Oh, oh my god! You, you on the list? No, no, you on the list? No, no. And then you know, Cash got on the list. And I was like, you know, you. It's like you happy for him, but you like, congratulations. I'm by myself. That's what's up, dog, man. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Listen, first off, I listen. So for all my civils, civilians. In the military, you know, you have to test for rank before you get promoted in the Air Force. Man, I tested for tech so many times. Like, the people, the testing coordinator knew my name. They knew my family. Like, I would come in and be like, hey, Trev, I be kids? like, you again. Yeah, one time I tested, and this dude was like, all right, man, see you next year. I'm like, you mother. <laughs> <laughs> just some, that was just so disrespectful, right? But listen, i never forget, when I made tech, my wife broke the ceiling fan. She kicked her legs up so high, and like... Yes, she broke the whole ceiling fan, but we was. In, How did she get listen, that high in the air? Bro? I don't even know. We was laying down because so I was stationed at Travis. So when you're on the West Coast, you get to see the list before you go to work, and which is a better situation. So you know what type of situation yeah, you you can go in there on some old yeah yeah. I mean God got me. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm gonna get yeah, it yeah, next yeah, year. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you you are you be like I, I ain't coming in. So we had actually moved the Mac computer up to the bedroom and put it on the nightstands. We like I'm gonna check it first thing I get up. I remember seeing my name. I was like, hug on, man. And she was just like, yes. She kicked her legs up. She broke this. Uh, listen, crazy. <laughs> so I can feel Giannis's pain. When they said my name was on Master, I feel like anything is possible. So I get it. Hey, I, I, can get I, I get it, man. The I, joy. I, hey, man, I, I can't lie. I remember I was riding in the car to work and um my my wife we were still separated as far as in location so she was still in japan and i was in idaho at the time stationed out there i'm damn near to work and she calls me and, and gives me the information man i i pulled over immediately and, and it just started flowing man started flowing like it was just all the culmination of everything you've been through all uh, the downs and some of the ups <laughs> you know what i mean but it just man i i if I would have had to give a speech at that time, I probably would have cried through the whole shit, too. Yeah, so, uh, you know what? When you put it in that way, I guess I can see it, man. But some of our other awards won a defensive player of the year went to Rody, Ruby, Rody Gobert. Yeah, Gobert. From Utah. I mean, the big man plays great ball, and I think the only reason why he's not a huge household name is you know why? He plays for Utah. It, and to keep it real, man, I think that that award should have went to Giannis, in my opinion. I agree. But I don't think in recent memory I've ever seen an MVP or anybody get any other award like six man most improved and get defensive player of the year. Like I haven't seen them giving it out to anybody um, in recent memory. It probably happens at some point, but I just think that's why they really didn't give it to him. Cause he was a beast on defense too. And he was everything for the Milwaukee Bucks. 
And then the, I think the next award was Sixth Man of the Year. That was won by who? Yeah, so that was won by Lou Will. There's there's no debating on that. Lou it's Will. not. It, I, I mean, mean, he's won the award like three years in a row. And, and Lou William is the Sixth Man. It just seemed like until he's, he stops playing or eventually, you know, when – you know, Golden State gets a little bit older and Draymond's there and then transitions to the sixth man. Like <laughs> that's gonna be Lou Will's to oh, lose Lou. every year. Um I was speaking to one of my homeboys and I kinda agreed only person that I think that should have at least been acknowledged, not probably one, but was D Rose. Yeah, and probably Dwayne Wade too. Okay, moving on. Uh, no, no, wait, wait. <laughs> he came off the bench this year and his last year and he played fairly well. Pull up the numbers. I'm, you know, my internet's slow up. Yeah, I don't, you know. Uh, All right, let's keep moving. Uh, so, executive of the year, you got any issues with that? They got the Bucks um, GM John Horst. I never heard of him, but I, I get it. I get it. Best, you know, they got the coach of the year too, Mike Boldenholzer. Which I, I actually disagree with all those. I would, I would have went back to back and gave it to Masai up in Toronto for the GM of the year. I would have gave it to Soraya. Uh, Messiah, whatever his name is, in Toronto. I mean, to pull off the Kawhi trade, to get um, Mark Gasol, to keep some of those pieces together, to have the gall and gumption, to get rid of the heck, the coach of the year and bring in a new coach, Nick Nurse, that I had never heard of ever before, but he's a household name now. To do these things, get to the finals, beat the juggernaut Warriors, you have to be a GM of the year. So, I don't, <laughs> how you going? How you going? Yawn dead in the middle. Listen, when it happens, it happens. So if y- if y'all don't know and y'all haven't experienced this, this is the reason why we kind of record a little bit earlier uh, in the day because if is this was like maybe a half an hour later, I'd probably be doing this podcast by myself because her would be sleep in between. What you're not gonna do is discuss my condition to our national audience. Hey, listen, man. excuse me, to our international. This audience. This man has fa- fa- fallen asleep dead in the middle of a podcast one time. I was, I, I have no idea how he does it, man. He's not, he's not diagnosed, so he, he needs to go see somebody about that. Okay, whatever. You're not gonna be talking about me like that. And one random, one random award that uh, I had some issue with, but whatever. We'll get into it real quick. Apparently, they have a hustle award, and they gave it to Marcus Smart. Can you think of anybody else that would epitomize the hustle award and, and who deserves it in the NBA? I could think of one cat that gets on everybody's damn nerves. Patrick Beverly? Hell yeah. That should have got that's who should have got the, the hustle yeah, award. Yeah, Marcus Smart missed like a quarter of the season and Marcus, then when he came back he wasn't all It wasn't a smart decision. See what I did there? See? Yeah, I seen that. I seen that. Marcus nice, Smart. Nice one. Nice nice one. That was, but that was listen. Cool. Let's. What else you got? What else you got for before I start switching gigs? This is something I really want to talk about. Yo, we. I mean, we could touch on the draft, but I think you have to. It wasn't. Yo, after the first three guys, I have no idea who the rest of those dudes were. And I'm there was some great. There was some great players, but I'm gonna do something cash that I don't typically do. What's that, man? I am going to take time to give props to. The New York Knicks. Why? Because we didn't do something stupid? You didn't do something stupid and not pick R.J. Barrett. And honestly, I think you guys have drafted the second best player in the draft behind Ja. Yo, and the dude really wanted to, he really wants to be in New York. Like, I, you know, I hadn't seen much on him. Like, I followed Duke last year just to, because I knew the Knicks would suck. So I wanted to see. I mean, I knew he was gonna get one of them two guys, you know. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I didn't know this guy's personality and stuff like that. So as they're parading him around, and he's talking about, yeah, I want to be a Nick. I used to play in the playground. My father used to bring me here for, you know, to to play against competition. I'm like, all right. Well, not too many people want to get drafted to the Knicks. So if this if this kid is serious, man, I'm I'm with it, man. I think he's going to be a great building block for you guys. Um, I think he's going to do some things. I believe the Knicks are going to be active in free agency. I don't think the Knicks are going to lay in that splash big name that people think, but I think they're going to get some valuable pieces to kind of add around some of the young guns. Another team that I would call a draft day winner would has to be the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, you they get Trey Young, you turn around and get Hunter, and you get Cam Reddish. That is a young firepower team. You still got Collins who was there last year. I mean, that is a team that is really should be on the rise. ATL Shawty will be a place to be reckoned with. For sure, man. And definitely if these dudes just play good ball this year, because I don't know if any free agents um, are going to go there this summer. 
but they're gonna have cap space for for days with all these young guns. With all the have. young guns, they're gonna have cap space for days. Now another team that did really well, the New Orleans Pelicans. Now I was like, why did you trade back? But the center they got out of Texas, you know, that young man fills a void for them. You get Zion, who I'm a little worried about him being a little too undersized for, for the for the four position that he's gonna have to play. But he's 285. When you're 285, that makes yeah, I mean, in, in that this, balances some things in this out. league, you know. Well, he's only six seven. But look at Draymond; he's he's guarding centers too, and and he's six seven. He's uh, six six at best. Uh, we'll see, possibly. So, I'm, but I think I still think New Orleans had a great draft. I think, and their draft is actually rated with the overhaul that they got from the Lakers. That was a haul, folks. So I think the coach did have it right. Um, so they had a great draft, and another team that I feel had a phenomenal draft: the Miami Heat. Tyler Hero. The kid's name is Hero. <laughs> you can't be bad when your name is Hero. Now, I wasn't really too excited about us trading Bold Bowl when we got him in the second round, but you got to remember something. It's a reason why he fell to the second round. When you seven foot two and you 235 pounds, that's like being six foot one and being 78 pounds. Like you're a little too frail. Hopefully, he can get in a good program and do well, but the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero, you know, we got. We got the next white chocolate. <laughs> if you say so. I mean, I paid attention to uh, the young boy from Kentucky. He can shoot his ass off. He can shoot. He can create his own shot. Now, is he is he R.J. Barrett? No. Hopefully, he don't turn into old boy that y'all traded to the Suns. Oh, um, uh, Tyler uh, Johnson? Yeah, Tyler Johnson. Hopefully, that Actually, isn't he, a Tyler Johnson. I think he fits some of that mold, but I just think he's a better shooter and he's bigger. He's 6'6 and can still handle the basketball. So, these are some great things. Now, just like you got teams that had a great draft. You got to have teams that was horrible. Man, I I have no idea what uh, – who, who was I looking at? I probably got to say – I'm looking at Orlando. Like, what were they thinking? Boston as well. Like, they didn't have a great draft at all. Like, and speaking of Boston, like, they're just – they're about to lose Kyrie and their uh, Al Horford as well. So, yo, that's – you know how they have fallen, man. They didn't get AD. It's, it's getting crazy for Boston. So they didn't have a really good draft, and now at this point, it looks like they're trying to to rebuild on the fly with the pieces they have. So no, nobody else really stands out to me as far as you know their draft picks go. But Atlanta definitely was a standout, man. So Yo, I think there's a couple of teams that could have did a better job in the draft. Um, I think there were some teams that kind of took some players that were reaches. But at the end of the day, this is the beautiful thing about the draft. You think you know something. You think you got it all down. But at the end of the day, it's all going to see how these kids fit in their scheme, how they fit in the systems, and how everything works out. Because you can get a guy who was taken 16th, and he can turn around and be the best player in the draft. Or a guy who was taken 13th, i.e. Kawhi Leonard, was taken around that, in that lower of the, of the lottery round. And look how good he turned out. So, Situation fit and it is just the desire of the player to be great is going to make a huge difference when it comes down to where you were drafted and what goes on. The the Celtics, they drafted Taco Fall. I don't know if you remember Taco Fall. Yeah, I remember Taco. With a big, big, big kid. Listen, yeah. he way too slow for the NBA. But I think the Celtics are at a point where they're just they're really, really reaching and I think they're I think they're going to try to mold him into something. Like he's not He's going to be in the G League starting off. You know, he's not going to make the team. So, I mean, it, it, that's a project to me. That's a project. And then, like I said, man, the, I just don't have enough time to watch NCAA basketball, man. I pay attention to the people I need to pay attention to, teams that I I follow. But other than that, man, like you said, the rest of them guys from four all the way on, you, you just don't know who's going to be what in the league nowadays, man, because, I mean, that's just the way it is. So, I'm not a draftologist for the NBA, you know, but, you know, I do follow certain moves. And, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll see what, what comes of it, man. Um, you know, but you know what's happening during the draft? Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way. I don't know how it happened, but Marvin Bagley of the Sacramento Kings and Dame Leonard got into some type of back and forth rap beef. I was trying to find where it originated, but damn it, you know I didn't care. Listen. Dame Dash, Dame Diddy, Dame Dollar, whatever he's going by. He had the rap game, per se, NBA-wise, 
on lock, I guess you could say, for a little while. And then there was Bagley. Bagley bagged him, bro. Hey, you got to hold that L, Dane. And, and then you, you dropped two tracks. You dropped two tracks, and neither one of them combined was as them? good as the nope. one that he did. Nope, neither one is as good as Bagley. Like, I, you know, and when, when NBA players start being able to not care about what they rapping about, Marvin I'm, Bagley came in, N-word this, N-word that, mother F this, mother F that. I'm like, yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. I and that's why his shoe deals with Puma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just can't be doing that uh, when you were nice. You know, it was... Like I said, man, Bagley cleaned him up real quick, and that was probably the funniest uh, rap beef that I heard. But actually, both of them dudes came with it. Bagley had better bars, but uh, Dame Lillard had a better flow. Like, he's probably a better rapper. But at the end of the day, man, it's about what you put out there. And, then, you know, Dame, you got to hold that L, bro. I agree with you. Definitely, definitely it's going to be um, a L-holding situation. Now, and there's some other things that are going on in music. Now, let me let y'all know something. Music is really never my area. You know, uh, Frank and, and Cash, they just go back to back when it comes down to music. And we have this, like, little Facebook chat group. And every once in a while, they'll drop, like, a rap battle between some people. And a lot of times, I just completely ignore it. And I'm like, I'm, no, I'm not going to do it. But while I was at home cleaning, and I was sitting in the kitchen cleaning some dishes, you know, getting myself together, I said, you know what? Let me be a team player and take a listen. And the rap battle was Goods versus Cassidy. So first off, after they told me the 100 commercials about coming live, blah, blah, blah. After that, when they finally got through all that crap and they got down to the rap battle, let me give you my play by Can I give you my play by play? Yeah. You, I mean, you give it to me, man. What I'm going to do, man, at this time, hopefully we can get Marty on the line because he seemed to have a lot of issues with how we how we rated this battle. Well, let's get Marty on. Let, let, let's see if we can get Marty on and see what he was thinking about the draft. I mean, assuming the rap battle. See, I'm all mixing sports and music. It's cool, man. Oh, man, he's sending me straight to voicemail. Ain't that about a blip? But yeah, man, so maybe he'll call back. But anyway, you were saying. So play by play. Cassidy came out and Cassidy, I'm okay. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me do this. Lyrically, Cassidy had better soliloquies as when he was going out as far as bar construction. But how do I say this? A house can be built fine, but it may not have impact. Cassidy had a fine built house. It looked nice. His bars were put together much better. But goods? Haymakers. Throwing bolos. Haymakers. I'm talking about throwing Mike Tyson early 90, like 90 type punches. When he first got out of jail type punches. I mean, he went for this guy's neck. I didn't even know Cassidy was on crack. I didn't know. I mean, he ain't on crack, but he Appar looked like he looked like he apparently so. I didn't even know. Cassidy tried to come back and talk about the man daughter, which I thought was a little bit low. Talking about the man daughter was on R. Kelly. Hey man, but yo, but like speaking of that, like so, like like a little quick history. Like Goods has always had it in his contract, or pretty much told Cass like talk about my daughter at your own risk, pretty much, and nobody has ever disrespected his daughter until now, but. You know, but Cassidy did that just to get a reaction out of Goods. But for me, man, I got Goods winning every single round, 3-0. And like I was telling Marty, just because you win every single round doesn't mean you got killed. That just means the other guy was better than you slightly by every round. Sometimes it, it means you got killed. And in the battle rap world, 3-0 is one of them things that you don't want to get. You don't want to get 3 0 But I feel like Cassidy came with a super-duper outdated style. You can punch and punch and punch and punch and punch a lot, but all, all of that lyrical miracle shit, sometimes you're not saying anything. It's going to get lost in a yeah. crowd like that. When you're in a rap battle like that, people want to hear punchlines. People want to hear it right now. You're trying to dress it get up. Get some build up. You're you trying know? to make the plate pretty when people just want a sandwich. And I feel like he lost the battle because his delivery 
was nowhere. Goods was in control of the crowd. He actually played it smart and played to the crowd to get them into it. Then he followed it up with quality and substance in his bars. And you got to do all. You have to perform. You have to have bars. And you have to del- the- your delivery has yes. to be there. And for me, Cassidy was getting frustrated. He was hyping up his own self when those bars weren't that great. And He's, it was just, yeah, exactly He's like, y'all don't want to hear my bars. Y'all, y'all, you got your boo crowd. Listen, I'm like, Cassidy, you need to go back to the hotel room. I mean, it just really wasn't popping. And I felt like Goods did a good job. To me, it was a simple, easy battle. It's over. Cass, give it up. Two times for a man, Goods. But get good round applause for Goods. Too man. easy. Too, too easy. easy for Goods, man. Shoot, man. It's hot as a summer, my bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's let, let run, let run through, man. Let's uh, run through we it. Got the so, new albums. I'm only talking about one because only one deserves my time. Benny the Butcher, the plugs I met. Like I said last week when I was speaking about Jim Jones, this is high quality drug talk on an elite level. Okay? Seven songs of pure fire. They come and smack you in the head right away. Benny, Black Thought. By the way, Black Thought, look, y'all need to stop rapping and letting Black Thought on your damn tracks. He came in there and, and from the time Black Thought came on, he probably rapped about three minutes straight and had me with the stank face the entire ride home. Then he comes back, hood. Mm-hmm. On the next track, Benny and Jada Kiss. Bang. Bang. You know, Jada Kiss says something crazy about st- he's still doing a two step on some work. You know, I like that kind of talk when they talk about that drug talking. And, then, you know, they're getting it. Like, little, Reminds you he's back in the days and Marcy with you and Hoes. Hey, absolutely not, man. Oh. So, you know, absolutely not. I never, I never did, did that, man. You know, but I, I like you, hearing about you it. You said that, though. Two pods ago, <laughs> you claim you wouldn't ingest, 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 but you know, I never moved. Okay, it's too hot. Let's go. Yeah, the only time I moved work was, you know, you know, across the street. When you switch from one building to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, um, new discoveries, real quick. Her name is, I'm going to butcher her name. Look up the album, album called Vintage Babies by Mamua Yusuf and DJ Dummy. Vintage Babies. It's a female lyricist. She is amazing. She has quality material. Grown woman talk on that whole album. And definitely another uh, sleeper is Maxo. And the album's called Little Big Man. Yo, did you watch the BT Awards? Um, no. Yeah, me neither. Whatever. Ah, eh. Hope it was pretty good. Yeah, hope y'all, hope y'all liked it. I saw all your Facebook posts and I was like, whatever. I'm I did see that they made the carpet blue for Nipsey. You know, the, the walk-up carpet, they made it blue for Nipsey, so shout out to Nipsey. Okay, so what I did see, I uh, saw a few, you know, performances before I came up here. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. And, and lost it. Like, even the Nipsey performance, you know, they, they started it all pretty rough. Thank goodness Khaled and John Legend came and cleaned it up. But I, I won't say they started off rough. Uh, the first song was dope when they were singing it, but then when YG and all them cats came on. I don't know. BT need to fix their sound or something like that. It just seemed like every time they do something with performances, it it's out of sync and it, it just looks terrible, man. Other award shows get it right. Why can't they? But I watched the Mary J joint. That was a dope performance. But that's that's all I got to, man. I'm gonna, eventually, I'm going to try to find it. But heard it was amazing and, and all y'all was feeling it. Tyler Perry's speech was amazing. Gave me super duper motivation for the pod. And it did. To keep pushing. I did see that. my shit. I did see that. When he said everybody was fighting for a seat at the table and he said, you know what? Y'all fight for a seat at the table. I'm going to go make my own down in Atlanta. Okay. So what else you was listening to? The Kevin Gates joint? Did oh, you so to the, uh, back to the music though before we oh, go this, off that. That was just to go out when we... When okay, we okay, okay. But, um... Other other things in music, I did want to hit one thing. Um, Rick Ross just dropped a new banger with uh, Wale. You feeling it? Feeling it. We came into it. Actually, first time I heard it was here today. Yeah. Love it. It's going to be played in my car as soon as we get off. That and the AC going as high as it as <laughs> possibly can. Yo, I'm dripping. I'm dripping. I'm sweat, real. Man. I, don't, I, don't. I got drip for sale. <laughs> for real, then. You ain't never lie, man. Yo, we gonna wrap up real quick for you know our oh, entertainment. Oh, we can't. Oh, 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 you have to say we can't wrap up without going over Netflix series and stuff to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what um, I'm getting on. Yo, TV show called Beat, and I see it's a movie, 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 movie. called Beats. Great show. Any city, Chicago, a kid who goes through some post traumatic stress, but it's got a real skills on the ones and twos making beats. 
great, great movie. I would highly recommend it to anybody who kind of likes that hip hop and you like a good story. No matter who you are, race, color, creed, or style, this is a good movie. Yeah, Anthony Anderson is one of the lead uh, guys. He plays a, a security guard who's down on his luck. He used to be in the music industry. He finds this kid who went through that traumatic experience. He's not going to school no more. So I think he's a truant officer or something like that. Or whatever, he, you know, he had to bring that kid back to school and, you know, he found out about the kid's story, heard some beats and then, you know, it kind of goes from there on that, on that kid's journey. So, you know, for me, I'm a sucker for, for hip hop movies that are done, done well. And that was, the kid did an uh, amazing job acting wise and Anthony Anderson held his own. So I was feeling it, you know. Definitely a good movie. Definitely something I would watch. If you haven't had the time and you haven't seen the Ron Artest uh, story, it is called The Quiet Storm. Definitely, you should watch it. You'll hear some things about Ron Artest that you may not have known. That boy was plum dumb crazy. I mean, I know you haven't got a chance to get it down in your rotation yet, but definitely worth the watch. So check that out. Other than that, um, what else you got going on, Cash? What, anything else? I, we got nothing, man. We got nothing, man. We have to get out of here. It's hot as hell. There's no more talking to be had. You know what I mean? But, you know... That's it, man. So we, like I said, we appreciate you all. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, DSC underscore podcast. Also hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Gmail at don't sleep on the couch at gmail.com. Leave comments, leave likes, leave ratings, leave that's, something. Damn leave it. something. We need to. That's the only way we're going to be able and to. And if you got something you want us to talk about, leave that too and we'll bring it up. Hell yeah. That's the only way we're going to be able to talk to you guys and, and get our following going and, and get our numbers up. But yo, we appreciate each and every one of you where, you know, I think what 50, 60 something listens or whatever. That may be, a, you know, a little bit in the podcast world, but for us, we appreciate every single listen. Every last one of them, man. So we, we do this for you guys and we just chatting. We just two dudes is, you know, just getting a little bit off our chest and, and you know, gets our week going, man. So. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. Hit us up at DSC underscore podcast on the gram or send us an email at don't sleep on the couch at gmail.com. Thank you for coming to sit with us. See y'all next week. <laughs>